Hello, you're all very welcome to the second episode of a Celtic Soul podcast with me, Andrew Millen. Thanks to everybody who tuned in to the first episode, the response has been very positive. Later in the show, I will be joined by the original holy goalie, John Fallon, from Lockdown in Glasgow. But first up, I spoke with Frank Nockenbockoff, a Borussia Dortmund and Celtic fan based in Germany. I'm joined now by Frank Nockenbockoff, and I hope I pronounced it right, Frank. Well done, Lewis, well done. Uh, Fr- Frank's a Dortmund fan and also has a, more than a liking for Celtic. That's absolutely true, yes. <laughs> Frank, the re- reason why I got you on the show, um, obviously the Bundesliga is, is ahead of everybody and uh, down now playing behind closed doors. Just what's the story with it? Well, to be honest, uh, good opinions about that all around here. Well, the big discussion going on if uh, the league should restart or not and I think most of the population in Germany said it should not because there's more important things than, than football at the moment. But then again, uh, I think it became uh, more of a business matter. Well, the German FA and the, the league finally took the decision and asked uh, the government to allow it, and they did. They have a, uh, made a plan how to uh, isolate the players, test them, and uh, I think the plan's pretty good. And hopefully will work, but still, well, I'm not quite sure it's the right thing to do. But in the end, we started it. Now it's the first three games I played, and uh, to be honest, it's a dull affair. Football without the fans is uh, definitely uh, different, and not for everyone, not for me. Frank, where whereabouts are you in Germany with the lockdown as a civilian? I'm uh, living in a, a small town, uh, not far away from Dortmund about 30, 40 miles from Dortmund, based in Ireland, probably never heard of that. <laughs> and uh, it's in the Dortmund area, and I'm spending most of the time at home now. I only working two days a week currently. Money are only working part-times at the moment, due to the lockdown, and spending time at home. Yeah. And, uh, like, is there, like, are there any bars open, or cafes, or...? The bars actually opened, uh, I think, about a week ago, so... You can go to a bar, pub, or cafe now, but it's uh, yeah, very much restricted in terms of social distancing. Okay. I will keep I will keep track of who's been there and stayed how long, and you're not allowed to go to the bar and have to wait to be seated and sit at a certain uh, table. You're not allowed to uh, run around without wearing a mask, and staff will wear a mask. And, well, it's not much fun anyway. Restrictions have, have been lifted slightly, but the general public are still uh, walking from home and being Absolutely, advised to yeah. stay at home, yeah? Stay at home, wear a face mask, when going shopping, and uh, keep a distance of at least one and a half metre to everyone. Uh, don't meet in larger groups, of course. And, and uh, have, have any players uh, tested positive since, we, since the restart? Uh, they have, yes. Even before the restart, we had uh, a couple of positive tests. I think it was FC Cologne who had a player or two who went into isolation then. And uh, I think the, the biggest case was uh, Dynamo Drayson. They had the whole team being isolated after a couple of players tested positive and they missed the first two games now in the second Bundesliga. So they'll have to replay their game at a later yeah, date. And if that does happen more often, we've gotten um, real trouble, I think, was getting this finished at all. 
it's just it just seems bad. And, and what what was it like the first Dortmund game watching on TV? A pretty dull affair, to be honest. It was like watching a, a training session or a, a youth game on a Sunday morning or something like that. So that was uh, kind of boring and well, very dull, to be honest. And how many games is left? That should be uh, another eight, eight games now. And how many games are they playing a week too, is it? Uh, it's two this week and I'm not sure about next week, but... It should be two most of the time, I think, yeah. So, so when do they hope to finish the league? I think, I think uh, July, before July, I think. And then what's the plan to restart? They don't have one yet. No. They're currently still hoping to get that done at all. Still have a cup final to play. Um, plenty of other things to organise, I think. So. Cup final as well? Oh, yeah. It's, it's a crazy time, Frank. Um, and I, I suppose money, money and business is, is driving this. Absolutely. It's all about the uh, TV money. They don't rely on, the clubs don't rely on uh, ticket money or merchandise money or anything. It's, it's simply the TV money. If they had stopped the league, they would not have got the full amount of TV money. And probably not all clubs would have survived it. So I think that was uh, the driving force behind it. Yeah. Right. So, so and, and even in the second, even in the second division where our friends from St. Pauli are, would they still be able to stay in business with it without the fans and merchandise and stuff like that? That's hard to say, to be honest. I'm not quite sure about uh, the club situation there, but many are complaining. And uh, I think, it, especially in the second division and in the third, that's uh, a massive problem. But they did not go on, I think. Uh, some would really struggle to survive, but that might happen anyway. But only the top two two uh, divisions are back. Uh, the short one's going to start uh, next weekend. So, you know, it's kind of a dark place for football fans because, as you said, there's more important things. You know, fo- football is our, our get-out clause normally. If things are going bad, you still have the football. But now, now we don't even have that. They're talking in Scotland about players returning to training in late June, which looks yeah. like, like it could happen. Obviously, Frank, you have a passion for Celtic as well as Dortmund. Um, like when I look at the Dortmund fans on match day, to create some atmosphere in there. So, like, I, I don't know how it would affect the players. I'm pretty sure it does. So, uh, I think it, it depends. The players are we're playing on a high technical standard. Probably don't need the support as much of the ones that come from uh, fighting and emotion and uh, need the support, need the, the songs and the shouting and everything. But I think it uh, pretty much affects the whole game, more or less to an extent for each individual player. But football without the fans, well, no. Frank, I can't have you on the show, but without telling the, the listeners how you became interested in Celtic and, and, your, and your journey, because uh, I bumped into you once or twice on a night out in Glasgow. Oh, yeah, that's definitely true, yeah, <laughs> as far as I can remember. And, uh, well, that's a long story to cut it short. I have been a supporter of Borussia Dortmund for a while, and uh, it was my first international trip, first European trip in 1987. But First got me to uh, Glasgow, Celtic played Borussia. And, uh, well, the walk I moved to see was just phenomenal. It was friendly people all over. And that was not what you expected at that time in the 1980s. 
when you go going to away games or games abroad, usually. So that was very special, and the same happened again in 92 when I played in the UEFA Cup again. So I met a couple of uh, great people in Glasgow, or other people from Ireland as well, of course, over the years, and became friends. And well, I became a Celtic supporter there myself immediately and continued that for more than what, 30 years now. So I've seen some amazing games and European away trips, European nights at Celtic Park, games against the Huns, of course. Well, that's really pretty much sums it up there. Yeah. And uh, of course, a few people have followed you back to Dortmund because there's a, some of the Celtic boys I know going to see yeah. Dortmund. That's true. I think it was about eight or nine years ago when we had uh, created a wee Facebook group. Originally, we planned to um, organise uh, occasional trips to Glasgow for a small number of friends from Dortmund. We have a soft spot for Celtic as well. And well, that took off uh, to a dimension that's absolutely unbelievable. I think it's 600 people in that group now. and. Uh, has become an, an unofficial CSC in Dortmund as well now, and people from well, Ireland, Scotland, many other places coming to visit us in Dortmund, and we're meeting up with them in Glasgow or on European away trips, and become a great, great community. The Tremonia boys. That's the Tremonia boys, CSC, yes. And while we have the boy to have a mention, Frank, I'd like to thank, I'd like to thank uh, you and the boys over there for supporting the fans in. Thank you very, very much. Welcome. Much appreciated. Especially at these hard times. No no games to sell at. Keep up the good work there, yeah. Ah, cheers, Frank. Um, well, Frank, it, it was just great to get you on because uh, we're getting mixed reports from Jeremy uh, about the games behind closed doors. I spoke to Joe Miller earlier and uh, Joe, Joe has a soft spot for St. Pauli and he, he, he commented that he found it a bit strange that the players on the pitch are not wearing masks, but the players, the subs are wearing masks. And then they, they go on. So that was his observation. Um, he was he was probably of the same opinion as you. You know, there's, it, it's a bigger picture here and there's more important things than football. But I also spoke to Michael Pringle, um, who, who's a Glasgow-based journalist and an ultra. And I spoke to Michael and, and Michael said, you know, f- f- football without fans is nothing. He says, but you know what? Fans without football... You know, we need something. So he was going on a different opinion yeah. that maybe yeah. watching it behind closed doors on TV was better than nothing. So there's a mixed, there's a mixed, um, a mixed uh, I suppose, badge. People are, people really want to get back to the football, but maybe we get back quicker if we take our time. That might be true, yeah. I think uh, people who usually attend the games inside the grounds are longing to go back there and... Uh, don't really like the, the games behind closed doors while the armchair supporters are sitting in their living room. I'd probably be happy with getting games at all. So to see all the uh, the organised uh, fan and supporters groups and the ultras, not just in Dortmund or all over the, the, the all over Germany, are pretty much uh, not for uh, those uh, games behind closed doors. They don't really like that. And, but, I think it's better than nothing, yeah. I mean, it's probably the, the business necessity. Otherwise, you might not have a Bundesliga at all next year or just 10, 10 teams or something. So. 
But Dortmund would still be there because Dortmund are one of the big ones. I hope so, yeah. But probably the Dortmund and Bayern Munich should be surviving that. Because other teams, I, I can't see them coming through that because they'll get on the TV money. Yeah, which is, which is a fair point as well, Frank. Yeah, we, which should make us uh, think about uh, the whole business in general, maybe. Yeah. Okay, Frank, um, it, it's, been an, it's been obviously a privilege to speak to you. Uh, always nice to talk to someone who, who has the inside information on the German game. Frank, thanks a million, and uh, we'll talk soon, and hopefully we'll grab a point in Glasgow, or even in Dortmund. I hope so. See you soon. Cheers, Frank. Ah, thanks to Frank there for the insight into the German football return and we know now what we can expect when Scottish football returns sometime in August. And next up now we'll be talking to the legend himself, Mr John Fallon. Everybody will know John from being a part of the Lisbon Lions. He was also part of the original nine in a row where he won six titles with Celtic, a treble winner. His list of honours goes on and on. And John has also been ever present in the stands for this nine in a row. I'm delighted to be joined by my old mate John Fallon, the original holy goalie at Celtic. Long before Arthur was blessing himself, this man was blessing himself, swinging out of goalposts and generally being a nuisance to the opposition and annoying the fans as well, which is always a good sign, John. Always endear yourself to the home fans. John, you're very welcome along. How are you keeping? I'm keeping fine, Andrew. No complaints. How's this, uh, how's this lockdown? It's like being in Kilmaine in jail and you can't get out. <laughs> John, um, great times. Nine in a row. Brilliant. Did you ever think you'd see it again? Well, in the last few years, I was very confident because the way things was going, we were going up and the rest was going back and it looked good. And it looks good for 10. But we, we've been greedy. I'm looking for the Baker's dozen, 13 in a row. As long as we just keep going on and on and on. Well, we'll, t- we'll take 10 for now. I think, I think the nine was a monkey off Lennon's back. It was. It was. You know, I think it, it, was, it was under an awful lot of pressure to deliver that. But that was the, this was the hardest one. It's always going to be the hardest one. You know, to equal a record is very difficult. We've done it, but now to break it is even, I think, next year. As long as we stay strong, we'll do 10. I can see us doing maybe 11. I think we need, I think we need John, we need Peter Lowell and the board to be on game on this because we need to keep this squad together and maybe add one or two. Yes, I think Peter's very shrewd. Peter's very quiet and all of a sudden he comes up with some players there was somebody mentioned today a Croatian centre-back, but is that speculation? Now, this is a time of the year, Andrew, where these agents start punting players. You know, we can see it with Cham. Is it in the newspapers with the agent trying to bum? You know, they're trying to sell their players, but I've already had a, a few words with certain people. Why are you in a strong position you don't weaken? You strengthen you always strengthen your team from it. We're in a strong position, so we strengthen. We make ourselves stronger. We make we make ourselves better. Not any better. We can, we're playing well. It's a G up to the players that are there, not to get lackadaisical. 
there is players, John, pushing the pushing the players this year. Like we 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 had fierce competition in the middle of the park. Yes, but elsewhere we've got to look. You know, you've got to look elsewhere. He maybe somebody else up front. Bring another centre forward and just to give two men a a wee. At times, Edward gives you that lazy look. You know, he comes up with these impressive goals. He been Dembele. This is where you need a wee jig. Give them a fright. Yeah. Give them a fright. Oh, keep oh, them on their toes. Yeah, you've got to keep them on their toes. So that's how you always strengthen. When you're a strong team, you strengthen. You don't weaken. And you've John, be... going, going back, because uh, you played in, in, in the first nine in a row. I think uh, when we spoke of uh, you, you, six. Six. That was six, six of the seasons. Um, what season stands out for you? 69. That was the treble year. That was the treble year when we won it within, what, five weeks? We won a league game. We beat Hibs in the League Cup. And then we played Rangers. We beat them for nothing. But they won it in such a close... But we won it and it was... It's, it feels better when you won it like that. You know, three trophies within five weeks which was great, you know, especially when you beat them for nothing, the opposition. And the opposition, John, there was, there was, it was like, there was an awful lot of competition then. And, and like any season to do a treble is, is unbelievable. And to, you know, that team was on the run to nine. But John, there was, there was, there's two things that stick out um, between both nine in a row eras. And that was the captain. The captain never changed. Big Billy for you and Scott Brown yeah. for the for the new crop. Yeah, two different players, one cool and one more, I suppose, aggressive. Yeah, well, Billy was calm. Bruni was aggressive. He was more like a. When you look at Bruni, he was more of a winner, where Billy was just calm. Give you a wee, give me shout. If you watch Billy in the games, he'd give you a wee clap, a uh, clap his hands and just say something. He wasn't shouting about uh, where Bruni has got to get into the mix. You know, Bruni, but you're talking about two different positions because Bruni has got to be in the engine room, middle of the park. Bruni, I compare to Bobby Murdoch in the middle of the park, a worker and the engine of the team, urging the team on. And then we, later on, we had Davy Hay coming into the team and doing the same thing. But well, Billy, that's, that's, you, that's high comparisons there. Two great players to compare Scott to. Well, he had the, 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 the three of them have got the same willing, willingness to win, not accept defeat. We done that. We did, we wouldn't accept defeat. We'd we'd fight to the end. That's another thing that it's in the Celtic makeup. How many times the Celtic over the years never give in because we'll fight to the the end and win. Well, last minute goals. We done a lot of last minute goals as well. It's just part of the Celtic makeup. Aggression, win, win the game fair. You know, the, the usual. They try to say Bruni's dirty, but he's not dirty. He's aggressive. Bruni would have would be a great player in our days when the tackles were coming in. He would have loved yeah. that. He would have loved that. You know, he'd have loved it. That, and where where Billy, as I said, calm. You know, just calm. And Bruni is aggressive. There's a big difference, you know. It's like 
milk and cheese, you know, just two different people. And they're two good captains. They're two great captains. John, before before we before we, before we let you go, um, how impressed have you been with Neil Lennon? It was very tough. That nine was very tough, and now but now he has to push on for ten. Well, his first stage when he first had the, the job there, it, it was difficult times when he was first here. He went down south, and I don't know if you you don't get Scottish media. There's got Scottish papers, but there's the usual having a wee dig at him been a flop, you know, down south. Uh, but he came up to Hibs and approved himself at Hibs. He brought Hibs into a good uh, team again. And then he came over to Celtic Park. In all fairness, he came in and he sort of just carried on for Brendan off. You know, Brendan introduced us. The last three managers, the last four managers have done great for us. Strachan, uh, Ronnie, Brendan, and uh, Lenny, we've just progressed gradually through the three, ma- the four managers, and it's been great to see. And this is what you know: it's the Celtic. They've just played now the new Celtic way. Always played football. Always played football. Always attack. Never give in. But Lenny had had that same aggression as well in the the field. You know, when things went, Lenny got mixed in. He liked to mix up. He's bringing it into the team now as well. Uh, I don't know who he's going to bring in for Damien Duff. I don't know if we need MD. He may so, he may recruit from within. Well, I don't see where. I'll, I'll be honest. Coach stick out now. Nope. I don't see where. Unless he pulls a, a quickie somewhere, but I don't see it. Well, you know, time, I, time will tell, John. John, listen, yeah. it's, it's been a pleasure to talk to you. I hope we'll get you back on the show soon. No problem, big man. And I look forward, I look forward to uh, a brandy shandy with you when we get back over. Excuse me, could you move a wee bit to the right? You're hiding my 40. Just as well, it's only audio, John, and we can't see you. <laughs> right, no problem. As I said, John, thanks a million. And hail, right. hail. Hail, hail. Cheers. I'd like to thank Frank and John for joining me on today's show and I would like to say a special thanks to this episode's sponsors Grove Engineering based in Tala, Dublin Big shout out to Joe and Jay for helping us out Don't forget folks to visit our website celticfanzine.com where you will find daily news and articles on all things Celtic and you'll also be able to check out the fanzine and I'd like to thank everybody who bought the recent issue 109 and you can also download the digital edition all details are on the website and we also have a new range of merchandise coming out later this week so log in and check out our our online shop and please follow us on social media where you can find us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter Coming up in the next episode, I will be talking to Glasgow-based journalist Michael Pringle and also talking to Tommy Johnson, former Celtic striker, who was Tommy Bourne's last signing. This podcast was produced by my good friend, Ronan McQuillan. Well, folks, thanks very much for listening again. The plan going forward is to do two episodes a week so we can stay up to date with the goings-on and the comings-in and out of Celtic Park during the break. Celtic will return to training on the 11th of June and then the plan for Scottish football is to resume on the 1st of August, I would imagine, behind closed doors. And don't forget, folks, please spread the word and tell your friends about the podcast. Keep the faith and more importantly, stay safe.